Talk with Ben Tompkins. What up, baby? Happy hump day. This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by nobody currently, but we've got a really good episode for you today. This is Uber Stories Part 31. And I'm very excited to tape this one. And I've got some good news to share, so we'll get to that in a minute. But first, the stories on today's episode include owner versus eight to five mentality. A man with an interesting source of wealth shares some great perspective on one of the truest things he's learned about business and people throughout his 47-year career. Next, Saved by the Sun. I was this close to convincing somebody's mom to update her drop-off location and get an impromptu tattoo before ending her night out. But much to the dismay of her friend and I, her phone rang. It was fate. You guys are going to love this one. This is hilarious. And then finally, Drivers of Our Life is, you know, it's funny because wisdom comes from many places. And most recently, it came in the form of an elderly Asian woman in my back seat spitting facts about us as human beings and the power we each have over our own lives. So I've got three stories for you today because... I haven't had my car, and my driving got cut short, and these are three quality stories, but, uh, you know, usually we shoot for five, but it's okay, and you know what? There's good news. It gets better because I got my car back, and not only did I get my car back, I also, so I was having this issue where the tie, like the, the, uh, the, the air suspension was malfunctioning, and my suspension was riding super low in the back. It was sagging. And I, I, I was really worried that I was going to have to replace really expensive parts or it was going to cost a lot of money. And they called me back and said, hey, your car's ready to go. Um, we recalibrated the system and it looks like it's not doing that anymore. So I just have to pay, I think I have to just pay $100 for the diagnosis for them to do that and not pay thousands of dollars for parts, which is pretty sick. So I'm really hyped about that. Okay, Uh, so I got my car back. So next week, we'll have Uber Stories Part 32. We'll have five stories, and we'll get this show back on the road. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, My Also, what uh, is something that I'm doing this weekend, um, my sister actually just celebrated her 23rd birthday yesterday, Jordan year. My baby sister, man, it's wild, wild times we're living in right now, okay? But her and like 12 to 15 of her girlfriends are going to go to dinner and then go out. And I don't know why we got this. I think we needed a way to get um, our family to either a wedding or something or like having it to use for Lexington. or Like I, I can't remember what it was that prompted this purchase. But a while ago, maybe a couple years ago, um, our family bought one of these vans that you see like Amazon Prime drivers driving. Like it's like a big Ford thing. And in the cab seats 15 people in the back. And then I think 17, including the driver and the passenger up front. It could be the other way, like 13 and then plus two for 15 total. But I, but I, but I, I think I counted 15 seats in the back. So I think it's 17. But anyways, there are plenty of seats in this thing and it's like a bus. I mean, this thing is literally like a bus. And I thought, you know, what would be cool 
was if I not only drive my sister and her friends and play some good music for them and kind of drive around the city a little bit, let them drink, kind of give them a party bus type feel, and then take them to wherever they need to go, but also what will be really great is if while I'm doing this, before they all get out, I get a quick TikTok with them where all 15 of them in unison are saying, I ride with Vinny T. That's going to be pretty cool. So be sure that you're following along on TikTok at BennyTomp18, rising star in the ranks, okay? Twitter, Instagram, at BennyTomp18 as well, um, as well as at RealTalkWBennyT on Instagram and the Facebook page is that handle. So two separate Instagram accounts and you can find all of the content that I do either on my personal life or with the show across all of those different channels. So please hit your boy up with a follow. But I'm going to be doing that this weekend and also driving, like just straight working. So really excited about that. Um, you'll hear, guys, listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to thank you in a minute for being patient with me for a separate thing, but I appreciate your patience amongst all different ways that you give it to me. And one of those is being patient with me while I figure out how to use audio on this podcast and specifically how to get better audio, which is better microphones, which is having somebody use those to mic, like mic, mic up the back of the car, get some nice quality things in there. Eventually, I'm going to get a camera in there and this will be a YouTube thing as well. And like we're building up to that. But I've used Rider Audio in the past, and sometimes it sounds really, really good. Other times it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like we're straight up in a car, and there's certain words that are kind of a little bit difficult to hear. But I'm just asking that right now you just continue to be patient with me while I kind of figure out what's the right balance of what I retell myself in their words and when I use these little sound on tapes and how I write in and out of them and what they sound like. I think it's, I would say it's like B plus quality audio. Could be better, could be a lot worse. For my little handheld recorder, I think it's pretty good, but just please continue to be patient with me while I figure out the right balance and mix and, and how to use this stuff. And I think on this episode, we do pretty well. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll, it'll improve eventually. We'll get all the HD stuff, 4K, all the bells and whistles. But for right now, we're working with what we got. So thank you for your patience. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Apple Podcasts for sure. That one helps me the most. Spotify listeners, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud people, Amazon Prime Music people, you can all rate and review on the Facebook page if you don't have Apple Podcasts, and that would also really help me out. And for my Apple Podcast people, if you have not subscribed, rated, and reviewed on there, please do that. And also, hey, nothing says that you couldn't also review on Facebook. That would also really help me out. So please subscribe, rate, and review. Share these episodes with somebody that you think would enjoy them. Um, there is a little bit of a lot for <laughs> you know the masses in that there are so many different people that are getting in that are talking about their truths, sharing about their experiences. I'm sharing my experiences with mental health and, and bipolar and a lot of that different stuff. And my journey, entrepreneurship, starting from the 
bottom now we're like kind of here right now we're not even close to here but we're working towards that so if you connect with any of this stuff or if you know somebody that you think would connect with any of this stuff whether it's stuff that I talk about or whether it's stuff that you hear one of my writers talk talking about with me then please send this to somebody and put them on put me on fam put me on all right that's all I'm asking and then finally, two things, okay? Well, three things, I guess, but two things here. Uh, send me your Uber stories, guys. I know you've got them. I would love to hear them. I would love to get that segment rolling. So please send me your Uber stories. Send me your best ones, okay? And also, send me your life advice submissions. The Doctor is in is what I call that segment. I would love to get that segment rolling, Okay. The Ryan Rosillo podcast does it so well. I love listening to the life advice segments. I want to get that going. And a lot of what I'm doing when I'm with my writers is life advice. We're doing a lot of that. Sometimes it's the taxicab confessions type stories like Saved by the Sun, which you guys are going to hear, which is like one of my favorite all-time stories. I, I like... <laughs> I cannot wait. I can't wait. Okay, uh, not safe for work or kids. So, you know, disclaimer. But honestly, if you're listening to this podcast and there's kids in the car, you're my favorite parent, obviously. Um, and I'm a very good parent, judger, okay? <laughs> but like, you probably should have a headphone in or, or maybe just wait until little Timmy and Tommy and Tammy are out of the car to... Uh, Put your boy Benny T on, okay? So, but I am for the kids. I, I am for the people. I just want to make that clear, okay? Uh, but send me this stuff. Send me your Uber stories. Send me your life advice. RealtalkWBennyT at gmail.com is where you can send those things. And you can also DM me across any social media channel. And just tell me. Be like, hey, don't share my name or don't share where I work. Or better yet, don't put that stuff in the email and I won't, Okay. And obviously, I would never out anybody. Be like, here was the sender's address. Like, come on, you know? I'm not here to do that. But send me your stuff, and I would love to get that stuff rolling. Very quickly, uh, I have an interview coming up this Friday. James Sims, he is an OG. He's one of my favorite people that I bump into in the gym. And he brought me to his house, and he showed me these old pictures of Muhammad Ali and a very, very young John Ramsey. And James was in the military, and he's lived in Louisville, and he's just, he's got a good story. And so he came over to the condo, we chopped it up in the studio, and that interview was going to be dropping on Friday. I also am working on a handful of other interviews. I've got guests lined up. I'll continue to uh, plug those guests as the weeks move forward and introduce these people who are going to be coming on the podcast. And so I'm very excited. I've been spending some pretty good amount of time with uh, reaching out to people and getting some guests booked. And, you know, without being able to drive, what else am I going to do, right? Well, now I'm able to focus on this thing. So we've got some good, exciting people coming on, some good storytellers, some informative stuff, some mental health stuff. I'm very, very excited for everybody that's going to be on the podcast coming up. And uh, last thing, okay, to wrap a nice little ribbon on this, my thank you for your patience is not only being patient with me, figuring out how to best make this audio sound and this podcast sound. Obviously, I'm always tinkering and trying to get better with that. But also, 
Thank you for your patience in letting, you know, it's like, look, last week I came on and really treated the microphone like a therapist. I mean, I really did. And I opened up and I opened up on social media and I just shared where I'm at. And you know what's honestly crazy is that if you type in, like you can, you know how on Facebook or Instagram, you can type in hashtags and you can see how many other people have used that hashtag, right? So you can see something has been used a billion times. And on TikTok, something like For Your Page or FYP, that's probably got like a billion views because everybody uses that because it generates those views. But what I find is really interesting, and Julie Fast and I actually had this conversation. She's a bipolar expert, and she's going to be on the show sometime in August. So we we have uh, got her scheduled out. She's a busy, busy woman. She's a she's a best-selling author. So she's going to join us later on in the year, just a couple months down the line. Now I guess that's next month. Jeez, we're already in July. But she said something that was really interesting to me, which was Ben. It's so encouraging that you're willing to talk about your experience with bipolar because men do not talk about it. We know statistically men suffer from bipolar. Men have this disease. But yet, where are they talking about it? Where are the outlets? And I'm like, Julie, I really don't know. Because if you go to Facebook or you go to Instagram and you type something like men with bipolar or bipolar men, I'm talking less than 500 times these hashtags have been used. Less than a thousand times some some of these other ones. Like it's, that is, that is crazy to me. That's absolutely asinine, right? Because we know that people statistically are struggling with this stuff, but yet where are they talking about it? They aren't. And I think a lot of that gets wrapped up in the male ego and not wanting to look weak and, oh, we got to uphold this perception of what it is to be a man and masculine in America. But it's like, hey, man, this is my life. So if you think that I'm not as masculine because I talk about mental health and and, and that, like I say, like I, I cry sometimes, like I don't give a fuck. You know, it's like, look, I can either get better and talk about this stuff and I feel so much better when I do or I can act like John Wayne over here and I, I don't know, man. How's that work out for a lot of guys? Not well, okay? Not well. Check your ego. Check yourself in with the therapist and go fix your life, man. Or, you know, submit your life advice submissions and I'll do my best, okay? But like these things are like, that's just, that's nuts to me. And I, I wrote this down and I shared this on social media, and last episode was all about this, this notion. I keep coming back to it, beginning again. I said the most beautiful thing about life is that no matter how bad things seem or how bad things get, you can always begin again. And guys, that is, whether it's a diet or sobriety or working towards fitness goals or making a career change. Let's say you get fired, you're forced to pivot, or you just reach your midlife crisis at whatever age, and you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Or you're trying to build new habits and routines. At some point, you're gonna fall off. At some point, you're gonna regress. And at some point, you're gonna be forced to begin again. 
and in that lies both beauty and tragedy. Beauty in that we have the power and the freedom and the opportunity to wipe the slate clean and start over. And tragedy in that we're back at square one telling ourselves that this time will be different. But guys, that's the whole point, is that even the most successful businesses and sports teams, TV shows, academic institutions, restaurants, the list goes on and on and on. These places all experience dips and losses and setbacks and regressions or periods that aren't their best. But what separates the ones that will find success again versus the ones that will fade into irrelevancy and maybe never get back to that place and never realize the potential that they have to become is the refusal to quit. It's the refusal to give up. It's the determination to find that flow again. And it's the willingness to embrace humility, roll with the punches, shake it off, grin, and begin again. So that's what we're doing. And with mood swings, with bipolar, I was speaking to a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine the other day, who was saying, hey man, I can only understand what you're going through, through what you share with me. I can't relate or connect to it in a way that I I can truly say I fully understand what you're going through. But I can only try to listen and understand it as best as I can. And I said, wow, you know, if it's a friend who's trying to understand mental health or if it's a friend who's trying to understand a lot of the tough conversations we've been having about race in America in the last year, you know, I've come on this podcast and been like, hey, as a white guy, I understand your experiences only through my lens and how I've how I've seen these things play out when I've been with my black friends and, and been subjected to the same kind of treatment because we're all lumped in it, you know, as one at that point by, you know, different, different stories for different days, okay, my friends? But, like, I can only also relate to the things that you deal with through what I've seen. Right? But there's a lot of stuff that I haven't seen. There's a lot of stuff that I'll never experience. There's a lot of stuff that I don't know. So please help me understand because I genuinely want to understand. That is the best way to handle any of these conversations is do it just like that. Hey, I don't know what you're going through, but I want to try to the best of my ability to understand you and connect with you and meet you on your level. So please explain it to me. right? And what I said was, Here's the best analogy that I can use to describe bipolar to anybody because to me, it's a foreign concept to try and imagine life in a different way than, than what I've always known, right? To me, it's like, oh, wow, you don't go through these periodic shifts and like you don't have big highs and low lows. Like, what is it like to just be normal all the time and not deal with this stuff? Like, I don't know, right? And for somebody that maybe doesn't, I don't want to say normal, but like doesn't have bipolar disorder, which is a lot of people, which is like a lot of people, right, that doesn't have it. It's hard to understand what it is and what it really means and what it looks like and what it is to deal with it. 
And I think the lack of understanding there is where you get a lot of people that would say, oh, they're just making it up, you know, or, oh, it's not that bad, or they're just doing it for attention. Like, those are all really insensitive and hurtful things. So please never, ever, ever say that to anybody, okay? But here's the best way I can describe it, okay, is these shifts in mood, it's like driving a nice car and you're at a stop, okay? You're at a red light, light turns green, you floor it, zero to 100, and you are praying that you don't crash this car. You're white-knuckling the steering wheel. You feel like you don't have control over the car. You didn't hit the gas pedal. The gas pedal just went down and got stuck, and now you're redlining, and you are speeding, and you are praying to God that shit doesn't hit the fan. That's mania. And then at some point... Maybe there's a boiling point, like a tipping point, or maybe you just kind of naturally come back down and it just kind of wears off. It usually doesn't, it's not like a gradual thing where it's like, oh, I'm a little less manic, I'm a little less manic. It's usually kind of like something happens that makes you snap out of it, at least in my experience. Or I'll just kind of wake up and be like, oh, wow, I don't have racing thoughts and I don't feel as impulsive and I don't feel that everything that I say right now is just fucking nailing it, right? Like, wow, I cannot miss, right? Like, that's like the hot hand fallacy and you get wrapped up in like your own ego and stuff and like you begin to believe your own bullshit sometimes, which is really, really dangerous. But let's say that cruising the speed limit or maybe a little bit over the speed limit depending on how you like to drive is just kind of like normal day-to-day life, right? So you're cruising along, things are fine, you don't feel too high up, you don't feel too low, but you're just cruising down the road. That's the periods in between these mood swings. And you don't know how long it's going to last, you enjoy it, you're just like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm back in my groove again. I'm not too worried about this different stuff. I just really am focused on enjoying life right now and things are going well. I'm 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 hitting these goals, I'm making these calls, I'm meeting these people, I'm I'm doing the thing, right? Whatever your thing is, like you're doing the thing and you seem to be managing and getting along pretty well and you feel pretty good and your general well-being is is good. It's positive, right? That's like the normal kind of day-to-day But then at some point, again, not your control, not that I choose to be this way, but somebody rips an e-brake in the car and the car just stops and you better pray to God that you have your seatbelt on or your ass is going to go flying through that windshield and sprawl out on the pavement. That'll happen from time to time. Now, luckily, they do make seatbelts and I always wear mine. But my point is depression is coming to a screeching halt. It's somebody ripping the e-brake, you're burning rubber, you are instantly stopped, and you don't know how long you're going to be there. And sometimes it takes a long time for you to even start rolling those wheels again and build back up to cruising. And then all of a sudden, boom, red line again, boom, e-brake again, boom, 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 like It is very frustrating. It's exhausting. You're constantly trying to ask yourself, where am I going to be at? It's really difficult to make plans even a few weeks out because you have no idea where you're going to be. You might make plans with 
full intentions to keep them and be there at whatever it is and keep your engagement. But then you might get there, you might wake up the day of, and you cannot do it. You just can't. You're just not going to be worth a shit to anybody, including yourself. And there's no way you can, like, that is really, really difficult. And when I think about, like, in terms of a career and sustaining this and building this and, like, it is tough because I feel like I'm starting and I'm stopping and I'm starting and I'm stopping and like I'll get really, really like like mania sometimes is great because you can get so many things done. I feel like I'm the energizer bunny, right? Yeah, who wouldn't want that from time to time? But all the impulsivity that comes with it, which can lead to some really poor decision making, which I have definitely been guilty of many, many times and will be again, is that... It makes it really tough. It makes consistency really tough. You know, my life lacks consistency. And you can, there, there's only so much I can do, right? I mean, I can go to talk therapy, which I do. I can take medication, which I do. I can try and eliminate certain things that make these symptoms worse, which I have and I do. But at the same time, a lot of it is out of your control. And that's frustrating. And feeling like, Man, I'm just trying to stay on, get my fucking buffet on. And then you're like, damn, I'm starving right now. And I can't do anything about it. Like, there's only so much you can do, you know? Positive self-talk, different Tony Robbins type stuff. There's only so much that you can do other than submitting, being like, I don't feel well right now. I am unwell. I am sick. Bipolar is a disease. And then what do you do? You wait till the storm passes. Life becomes beautiful again, seemingly out of nowhere. And you begin again. And you begin again. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. You persevere. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. To steal words from the late, great Jimmy V. Because things will get better. You got to be committed to them getting better. You, you got to put in the work. Okay, but eventually the storm will pass, the sun will come out, and life will be beautiful once again. And when that happens, just shake it off, grin, and begin again. All right, thank you. And and, and like, again, final thing right here before I jump into the stories, thank you for listening, and thank you for your patience with me, because I know you guys want to hear the Uber stories, And I know that you want to see me do well, most of you, all right? Shout out to my fucking haters. I fucking hate you guys. But, like, for the most part, you know, like, you want to see me do well, right? And I love you for that. And and it's frustrating sometimes feeling like, man, I didn't get an Uber episode out of this week. I'm failing these people that just want to see me do well. Like, I, I, I struggle with that, okay? I really do. But just know that I, 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 I wouldn't... I wouldn't do it if it wasn't serious, you know? Like, I wouldn't come on last week and do that episode if it really didn't feel like the most important thing to me at that point, right? Which is, hey, I need to feel better, and this is the way that I do it. And me opening up about that stuff and being vulnerable, you know, it might help somebody. That's the that's the point. That's the goal, is that there is a young person or an old person or whoever out there that listens to it and that goes, huh, wow, I'm not alone. Other people deal with this too, you know? That's all we need sometimes is just somebody to be like, hey, 
I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Hey. All right. Without further ado, thank you guys. I love you guys. Subscribe, rate, and review. Tip your waitresses. And get ready for Uber Stories Part 31. Owner versus eight to five mentality. This is what I love so much about doing this is that I'll meet people and, you know, they say that like things come in mysterious ways, right? I can't remember what that saying is. That's probably bad. I don't know. But um, things like success is such a vague term that it comes in many different shapes, forms, and sizes. And I meet this guy who we'll call Tom, just as he's about to head out to Montana to work on his new home on a 20-acre plot of land he purchased near Yellowstone. So I'm thinking, damn, okay, this dude must have some money. Must be the money, right? Like, dude, if he's buying land on, like, near Yellowstone, that's probably, like, this dude's probably pretty loaded, right? So I wonder what he made his money in. Tech? Finance? Wall Street? How about grocery stores? I'm serious. Yes. He started working in a grocery store when he was 16 years old. It was his first job. And then he bought into a grocery store with his boss when he was 21 years old, and he's been in the business ever since. And which is great because this is like some real millionaire next door type stuff. Because I would have never expected him to say grocery stores, which is the source of his wealth. But yet, here's this guy, a hustler, and was smart with his money, and he carved out a pretty nice piece of land and pretty nice little piece of life for himself. 47 years in the grocery store business, but it gets you 20 acres near Yellowstone, and he's retired at 63 years old? That's a pretty good life. And after 47 years in that business, because remember now, I worked in grocery store accounts. I was a chain sales rep for Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. So I'm selling liquor bottles and liquor displays and stocking shelves early in the morning and working in that liquor department, but I am interacting and seeing the inner workings of many different grocery accounts all up and down the Bay Peninsula, okay? So I know this world, and I know what some of these people the managers I'm talking about deal with from some of the employees. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy lasted 47 years. That's incredible in and of itself. But I'm thinking, okay, man, you've been around for 47 years in business, you know, whether it's grocery, like you've been in business for 47 years. So if you were going to write a book on the truest facts about people and business and things that you've learned throughout your career, what do you think some of the things you would write about be? I think a lot of business people go into business thinking it's going to be easy, and it really isn't. When you own something or you're involved in it, probably someone like a podcast or whatever, that's your life. And it's a seven-day-a-week job, not a eight-to-five. Gosh, I'm off now, so I don't, I don't like you're picking up stuff now as we're driving along thinking about stuff. Definitely. Um, so it's it's a constant uh, job, and I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to be the boss, I'm not going to have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when you're the boss, you have to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why a lot of businesses fail. They think uh, they have 
this conception of the boss sitting up in a chair, easy chair, and just giving orders and going home at noon and playing golf. And uh, just doesn't work that way. Uh-huh. No. Never, never works that way. So I think a lot of people go out of business because they just they don't realize how much work it is. I love this guy's perspective. Tom, I love you, man. I mean, that is so true. I, and, and I think that is what keeps... that. There's, there's a divide. There's a divide between employer and employee for many reasons. But I think employees, they don't want to have to deal with all that other stuff, man. Some people just want to show up for work, clock in, clock out, go home, don't bother me with the shit, I don't get paid enough to care, I don't want to know, I don't want to come in and work extra, I don't give a shit about the business, all I need is the benefits and the paycheck and for everybody else to leave me alone and let me cook. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just not how I'm wired. I I, I don't want that. Um... I'm not saying that it's, that it's, you know what, for me, that wouldn't work, okay? For other people, hey, to each their own. But what he's saying about the business owner is, and it's true, and it's like, I've talked about that before on this podcast, is if I don't do something, then it's not going to get done, you know? And that, that can be frustrating, especially when I go through these dips, these depressive episodes where I cannot get things done, it's like things come to a screeching halt, and that sucks. But I'm thinking about all these different things that I'm doing so that when, when I am being productive and getting a lot of work done, then I'm able to do all that stuff, but I'm constantly thinking of, oh my God, I got this, I got this, I got a million balls in the air, right? And all of it falls on me, and some people... They don't want that responsibility. They don't want the culpability of, wow, if this blows up, if I fail, then it's solely resting on my shoulders. Some people are, they, they don't want that. They don't want that. And and fine, I get it. But that is a big, that, that was like, that really just struck me as, wow, that is a really good point. And I think one of the best examples of this is imagine and think about all these different pro athletes that retire from their sport that then open a restaurant with a bunch of their memorabilia in it and they plan on showing up from time to time, signing some autographs, but they have just taken on the responsibility of GMing a restaurant. That's a lot of work, man, okay? And I think you see a lot of these places fail that just absolutely tank and suck because the person the athlete walks in here thinking, oh, this would be cake. You know, look, I'm so-and-so. Like, I hit this many home runs or I threw for this many touchdowns. And they don't actually put the work in. They just think that their name is going to be up in the lights. They'll collect a check. They don't realize how much work it is. And that goes for so many different industries where people think this will be easy. They see other people doing it, and they're like, man, Looks like they're printing money, right? How hard could this be? How hard could real estate be? Like, is it really that hard? And then people get into it and they go, whoa, okay, man, this is not what I had in mind. I thought we were just going to kind of show up and I would make money and I'm not, please, I'm not this involved. I don't want to be this involved. And like you said, a lot of businesses do fail because you really have to be in it. And when I see companies come on Shark Tank and pitch 
stuff that they're really not passionate about, but they just think, oh, this would be good. It's like, no, the passion is what keeps you in there, hanging in on the days where you don't want to get up, but you remember, oh, wait, I love to do this. There's nothing else that I would rather be doing. Now, in this case, I don't think that Tom woke up one day and said, hey, I'm destined to become a grocery store owner, and that's what I want to do, and that's what I love to do. No, but I think... He got into something, saw an opportunity, saw a, a, a path forward for himself, and he ended up busting his ass. And that right there is the American dream, dude, literally. I mean, you start working at 16 years old, you stay in something for 47 years consistently, and then you're retired before 65, and he's just bought land, and he's going to vibe out near Yellowstone. Uh, can we just like... Can we stand and applaud this man right here? Like, that is awesome. That is awesome. And it's it's funny because, you know, don't ever let anybody tell you that your dreams are dumb or because the, 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 the path that you're creating for yourself should look a certain way, right? Tell them fuck off. Because this guy got into grocery stores and look where he ended up. So... It's just funny because you can take so many different paths and find success eventually if you work hard and if you are passionate about it and if you're in it for the right reasons and you know what you're doing and you're good at your job. Like You can find that, but it's just funny because here's this guy that went into this, you know, business that you wouldn't think people make a lot of money or people really, and here he is getting the last laugh. I fucking love that. Saved by the Sun. This was going to be the pinnacle of my bad influence. I was this close to convincing somebody's mom to get another tattoo. Me and her friend were working this woman. So we'll call her friend Sarah and we'll call our lead writer right here, Denise. But this was seriously going to be like, I was going to hang my hat on this. And I pride myself sometimes in being sometimes the angel on the shoulder, sometimes that nefarious little devil on the shoulder, just giving everybody enough encouragement to go through with the bad thing. Yeah, be bad a little bit. Go on. You deserve it, right? I'm like, yeah, let's get this. And I was seriously this close. But here we go. I picked these two up from a bar on Friday night around 10.30 p.m. And the first couple of minutes of the ride, they were just rambling back and forth, kind of talking to me and kind of talking to themselves. And this is really one of those taxi cab confessions type of stories because uh, we passed some cop cars. And that's actually where we're going to jump in right here in this audio. And Denise is going to be the first voice that you hear in this clip. And I say that because in this first clip... And we jump in here and I set that up like that because what you didn't hear is, is the point that we're jumping in at is Sarah saying, why are there all these fucking policemen out here? There's so many fucking policemen out here. And then what comes next, seemingly out of nowhere, almost changed the trajectory of the entire night. And then what comes after that is really out of left field. Why is that? Well, because we are in Louisville, you know. It's crazy over here. That fucking island. I mean, shit. Island. People are trying to get drunk and enjoy their Friday evening. Fuck off. I want to get a tattoo. <laughs> 
update the location? Don't play with me. I know, because I want one right on this butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> What's it going to say? I don't know. I want a rose and, you know. On your the ass? Yes. Why on your butt cheek? I don't know. Get on your thigh or somewhere sexy. My butt cheek. My butt cheek's sexy too. <laughs> What about like a pair of lips right on the ass? Yeah, I do that too. It's just real meaty right there, so it won't hurt. It will hurt. Not that meaty bad. hurts. I thought bony hurts, not meaty. No, meaty hurts. I mean, I got a high pain tolerance. I got my cooter pierced. It's not the same. <laughs> do you? I had it pierced. Yeah, I had my cooter, my nipples, oh, I had my tongue. My God. My I'm nose. more scared of piercing. Tattoos. Oh, I love piercings. I used to have like a, like, whenever I was crazy, I'd have my, like, a chain from here to here connected to my tongue and then all the way down. You're fucking insane. Oh my god. Okay, so there's a lot going on there. <laughs> so obviously Denise is down, right? She's saying she's down. Sarah, like she's down, right? But like Denise is like saying, okay, yeah, I'm down, I'm down. And I just, there's a couple of takeaways here. First of all, I love that Sarah's like, yeah, get it somewhere sexy. And then it's like, wait isn't my ass sexy? Like her friend's like, that is sexy, right? So I love that she was kind of like, well, your ass isn't that great. <laughs> I don't think she meant it that way. But like, if it were me, I'd be like, bitch, what do you mean my ass is sexy? Like, okay, second of all, meaty really does not hurt. Okay, bony does hurt. I have a t I have two small tattoos, okay? One is the semicolon, and it's on my wrist. You really can't see it because I wear wristwatches on my left wrist, and that's where the tattoo is. And it's small enough to where even my thinnest band of watch that I wear covers it up. So you can't see it. And then the other one is my mom's signature, and it is on my rib cage on my left side underneath my heart. That one fucking hurt. And that's, again, like, that's the, the bony part. Like, that was right on the ribs, and it did not feel great. I mean, in the meaty parts, you know, it feels like kind of like a pinch or a tickle. Kind of kind of hurts a little bit. Now, if you had to sit there and get something for 10 hours and have, like, a lot of intricate designs worked on, colors, and that would probably start to hurt. But if you're going to get something small, like she's talking about, a rose or something, I mean, you're probably in and out of the chair in like 15 minutes. Like, that's not going to be that bad. And if you have somewhere like your ass or, man, I don't even know, um, other places that are kind of like meatier, just basically just know that if it's the bone, it's going to hurt like shit. Meaty should not hurt, okay? And then I, I just, I can't get over, I love when Denise is like, back when I was crazy, <laughs> and Sarah's reaction when she's like, when, bitch? <laughs> like, you still are crazy. I love that. I love that energy. And then I, I just, I, listen, 
Uh, I it, it almost pains me to repeat this word just because it's such a foul word, and this is the only time that I feel any remorse for ever saying anything inappropriate on this show when it comes to foul language, but any woman that calls her vagina a cooter, I'm probably out, okay? I just like, I, that is just... <laughs> Who calls it that? That is such a grotesque way to describe such a beautiful and sacred thing. If you call it a cooter, I I I I think of like I mean I guess only in Kentucky. I don't know, man. Like I literally think of Jim Bob Cooter, the offensive coordinator that was with the Browns. And even then, I, I'm so I'm I'm imagining like a rednecky type football offensive line coach or whatever he coached but like Jim Bob Cooter that's how you're basically describing your vagina I think there's a lot better words that you could use to describe it I just that is so that is so raunchy to me (laughs) the fact that she did it just like like that's what she calls it every day like that's that's just her normal lingo you know that's wild man all right all right all right um (laughs) the way she says it too and can you imagine like this (laughs) this chain link fence basically that's running down her Woo! Okay, okay, let's keep going here. Uh, you know, I, I think my other final main takeaway is whenever we would be in college, okay, and everybody's kind of like talking a big game, like they're going to go out, and you would ask, hi, so we're going out, right? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we're going out, yeah, bars, yeah, yeah, we're going out, you know? Starts to get closer, you're thinking about tossing on the shirt, refreshing the cologne, grabbing the Ubers, you're looking around, you're like, all right, everybody's still good, yeah, yeah, we're going out, yeah, yeah, we're going, yeah, I'm going out, and then it comes time to go out, and you realize that everyone was kind of all talk and full of shit, and maybe there's that one sicko that's like super pissed off, like, guys, this happens every time, you always say we're going to go out, you we never go out, like, I feel bad for that guy, I'm sometimes that guy. But um, other times, I'm the other guy where it's like, uh... actually, I'm never the other guy. Because if I didn't want to go out, I would just straight up say, no, I don't want to go out tonight. And I wouldn't play this, like, like, like give this ruse of like, oh, yeah, man, totally. Like, yeah, going out tonight. Yeah, party wasted. Yeah. Like, I, I just I would just be like, no, I'm not in it tonight, guys. You know, <laughs> like save people a lot of false hope. Because I've been that guy that's like, all right, guys, let's go tonight, you know? And then it comes time, and I'm like, guys, I'm literally getting the Uber for us. Like, you guys don't even have to do shit. And then people are still like, uh, I don't know, man. I just, huh. I don't know. You, you know me. I'm, you know, I'm in if they're in. It's like, okay, okay. And this is really kind of what happens here, okay? Because... It sounds like Denise is really about it, but at the end, it you know, it ends up being one of those kind of bluffs. So that that's that's kind of where the conversation goes. And and um we're kind of at that 
point where it's like they're talking a big game, but then it kind of dies out, right? And then Sarah asks to get a new song, uh, so she asks for DJ Khaled, and I was happy to oblige, but then this tattoo thing gets brought up again, and not only does it get brought up, it gets brought up by Denise. Listen. We really do need to get a tattoo. to me man just yeah fuck that waiting shit man just I, i'm just like you know sowing these little seeds of yeah do it do it do it because literally for me it's all about the story so if i can convince this person to get a tattoo and and, and like you know facilitate that then i'm about it like and and sarah shout out to sarah man obviously not a real name but sarah's a real one dude she is definitely about that life no doubt about it and denise sounds like she's about that life and she's really talking a big game here i mean she's like i don't want to wait i'm spontaneous and i'm just like you know in the background gassing her up right but she is like over the top like man I'm a millennial. I want it now. I want it right now. I'm like called J.E.G. Wentworth. 877 cash now. That's a free plug. J.G., you owe me, buddy. But I am like inside my head saying to myself, all right, you know what? It's time to see if this is real talk or if she is on bullshit. So I'm thinking, dude, there's no way that there's not a tattoo place in the city that's open past 10.30 on a Friday night. Like, there's no way that there's not one of those places, right? There's definitely somewhere that's at least open till midnight. I mean, it's a tattoo shop, okay? These people probably wake up at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, okay? So I'm like, I Google it real quick, and not only do I call her bluff, I double down. I put her right on the spot in this next clip, and just as the stakes are as high as they can possibly get, and the suspense is killing me, fate steps in. Hard light tattoos is open till midnight. See? Where's that at? That's so scary. Uh, <laughs> is that in the West End? Yeah. So I'm out. Oh, we don't go to the West End. <laughs> Hard light tattoos is on Baxter Avenue. 
That's like right there in Nulu kind of area. Is that bad? No, it's not bad. I mean, bitch, I'll get a tattoo tonight. Every night. Every night. Hey, do you guys have a wait right now? Uh, no, we have some other store open. It just kind of depends on the Cool. All right. Thank you so much. No Chairs Uber open right now. Should I update this address? Mm. <laughs> Are we? Bitch, I've, I've had it already. Like, I'm not ever scared. So, I already have seven. I'm deep in this already. So, it's up to you. You're the... I mean, I, 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 can, I can put it in. We can go. There's Just my sign. Look, there's my sign. It's up to you. I don't know. I mean, Hold on. I ain't scared. Hello? I am on my way back to my car. I was about to get a tattoo, but you called right at that time. <laughs> man, that kid, man. If that kid only knew. <laughs> wow so yeah that was uh I, i'm i'm pissed at that kid obviously not all right but like i kind of hate that kid i kind of hate that kid a little bit because had he not called and honestly i think if sarah had been like yes let's go right now because she kind of took her foot off the gas there a little bit she was like kind of putting it all on Denise and saying, hey, look, I'm tatted. Like, I got seven. Like, it's whatever you want to do. But if she had been like, yes, Denise, let's go get you tatted, I think Denise would have caved. And not even caved. Like, I say it like we were pressuring her. She was talking the biggest game ever, bro. She was literally like, I'm spawning. I want it right now. I want it now. And then I presented that opportunity to her in the most blatantly, like, here you go way possible. And she, <laughs> she literally was like, mm. <laughs> I'm disappointed, man. I wish that this story would have ended and I could have gotten a picture or a TikTok with these two and shown them, like, shown Denise in the chair getting tatted on her ass. And then, and then she was like, oh, I want to get it on my boob now. <laughs> it's like, where are you? <laughs> Whoa. All right. And I, I don't know if you caught that part where Sarah was like, best Uber driver ever. Hey, okay, okay. Wow, good one. I wish, oh, man, man, I I'm just, you know what? At some point, at some point it will because uh, that's just, you know, look, what are you going to get? It's like a box of chocolates, right? You walk in the car and sometimes I'm going to tell you exactly the right thing to do. Other times, I'm going to be that little tempting voice that's like, yeah, hey, don't end the night out. Why don't you go and get a tattoo? That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> and for me, it's like the, 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 the stakes are so low. I have all the fun without any of the responsibility. But in, in, in getting to tell the story, you know, it's like, 
it's all for the story, man. It's all for the story. That was a pretty good one. I like that story. I hope you do too. On to the next. Drivers of our life. So this story is about an elderly Asian woman who was headed to treatment for cancer. And you would think that somebody headed to treatment for cancer would be kind of in a bad mood or maybe not the most pleasant person, but we'll just call this writer Mary. She was all of those things. Very pleasant, very nice, very wise, had a good attitude and perspective, which if I had cancer, I would be pretty pissed. But she was taking it really well. So we talked about her cancer and the diagnosis and everything leading up to that point. And then she gave me some unsolicited motherly advice, which I always welcome no matter what. And in that, she stressed the importance of taking good care of yourself, eating right, exercising, and then she dropped this gym right here. And you know that we are the the driver of your life. We are the driver of our life? Yeah, because you want to go up and you will go up. You want to go down and you will go down. Because you you are only you can help you. Nobody can help you. Just like I talked to you, but I, I could not make you do it. Right. Only yourself make you do it. Right. Yeah. Boom. Mic dropped. She just dropped the mic on all of us right now, okay? Because that is so true. Okay, and I literally, I mean, in this episode and the last episode, and I joke about it all the time, I go up, I go down, I go round and around and around, and where it stops, nobody knows, but that is true. And when we talk about wanting to make changes for ourselves, you know, only we have the power to do that. No matter what you have going on in your life, I can't, as much as I can want things to happen for you and wish things to happen for you and pray for things to happen to you. I cannot make the changes in your life like you can. I can make things happen to you. Like I could, you know, I don't know, intervene in some way, right? Like I I could buy you lunch if you were like, I need lunch today. I buy you lunch. There you go. I just made that happen. But in order for you, like, I'm talking about the big things, right? Where should I work? Who should I marry? Do I want kids? How am I going to stop doing this thing that I know isn't good for me, but I can't stop? Like, all of those things are things that only you can change and fix. Those are your behaviors. Those are your dysfunctions. Those are your flaws. And then on the other side of it, you know, the the going up, like, I can't motivate you in the sense that I can only do so much. Like, if, if my words don't reach you and my energy doesn't reach you, like, I can, I can try my best to motivate you, but, you know, a lot of times it's got to come from within. It's got to be self-motivated. Because I can hype you up for, you know, a minute and maybe you feel like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But I can't be with you 24-7. So then you go back to doing whatever you're doing. And then maybe you're not as motivated. And like, I can't instill that with you on a day-to-day basis, right? Nobody, nobody can. 
So you have to have that within you. And I think that what she's saying, we are the drivers of our life, it just struck me as being so poignant and and really uh, because I, I I look at um, I look at basically there's a saying that I like to think about if it's meant to be it's up to me that's a really good one if it's meant to be it's up to me and I really like that one because that takes account of personal responsibility and accountability it's not oh i hope these people come and do it for me oh it's not i'm gonna pray to god and hope that he fixes all my problems like no if it's meant to be it's up to me i love that we are the drivers of our own life take responsibility stop blaming other people stop blaming other things that are out of your control own your shit and move on okay Take some personal accountability. Be the driver of your own life. If that ain't real talk, I don't know what is. All right, guys. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. I'm glad that you have stuck through this entire episode. Feel a little bit rusty, but feel good. I feel like uh, myself again. I'm beginning again. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, okay? Now... If you want to help me out and you're wondering how you can do that, it's a very small ask. Just subscribe, rate, and review. That's all you got to do. That should be the new slogan. Just subscribe, rate, and review. That's all you got to do. And if you use Apple Podcasts, that is where you can help me the most. And for my Spotify people, you're wondering, well, man, I don't have Apple Podcasts, but I want to help this guy out. Facebook page, at RealTalkWBennyT. You can drop me a rating and a review there. That also really helps me out. So please, subscribe, rate, review. Send this podcast to somebody that you think will enjoy it, somebody that loves storytelling, somebody that loves this whole thing, taxicab confessions or the life advice stuff, or just riveting content because that's what this is. I am so happy to announce that next week, Uber Stories will be back. We will have an Uber Stories episode, and we're really going to be focusing on those stories. So I will holler at you guys next week. Be good or be good at it. I'm Ben Tompkins. That's real talk.